friends of mine who are who are fans of the show have, have said that they they're, they're constantly doing the like 10 seconds back 10 seconds back <laughs> did i catch that? Is, that what they exactly, is that exactly what they said i can't believe they did say that that is what they said oh my god Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Awardist, where we are breaking down the state of the 2022 Emmys race and chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall. Thanks for being with us. Now, this episode is a jam-packed one, and we have two powerhouse nominees for you, so you will want to stick around for this entire episode. First up, we will have Succession star Sarah Snook, and after that, a bit later, the one, the only Lizzo. But before all of that, I'm joined by a powerhouse co-host <laughs> this week, EW critic Kristen Baldwin. How are you, Kristen? I feel like that's kind of a big letdown for people after you say Sarah Snook and Lizzo, but thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, of course. Happy, happy to have you here. Um, uh, I'm going to start off by asking you um, a very polarizing, complicated question. What is your favorite thing about Sarah Snook's character, Shiv? Like, do you like the character? Oh, it's such a good question. I do like her. And I think in part because, you know, she, like all the Roy children, you know, is a product of her own, you know, quite dysfunctional up yep. upbringing. I do. I love the way okay. Sarah delivers her lines. Like the, she's very, uh, she's so sophisticated, but she can just sort of uh, shoot out these, these really devastating <laughs> sort of insults uh, in a way that is, very low key, unlike uh, Roman, who's you know all over the top and and jittery all the time. She yeah. she is just quietly devastating. So I love that. Oh, she's so good. Um, I we we actually talked about that a little bit because I was like, how do you separate? Um, all of the because there's a lot of online hate for the character. There's also a lot of online love for the character, by the way. Sure. But there are, you know, a lot of people who just think she is a, a really kind of despicable person. The character. So I was like, how like do you feel like you do a good job of separating the hatred for her versus what could be perceived as hatred for you? And she's like, well, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like, look, I mean, I would not be friends with her. In real life. So that makes it easy to like get like she's like, I totally get where people are coming from. Um, but yeah, she look, it sounds like and everyone will hear this in the interview um, that they just have an absolute blast filming this show yeah. together. They all genuinely seem to really like each other. And she said it it takes a lot sometimes to deliver their lines with a straight face because she's like it's so absurd what they're saying, but it's not absurd to them because it's like you were right. saying, it's like, it's the product of their world. Like that's how they all just talk to each other. Um, and Jesse Armstrong and those writers just give them some really delicious lines to say. Yes. <laughs> and I uh, think, you know, she took a lot of heat, uh, this season for her treatment of Tom, which oof. seemed even worse than usual. <laughs> and Those la and that of course, last episode, last two episodes. Yeah. Oh, but then, you know, I think people were really ready to see, uh, Tom, Tom supremacy at the end there. So <laughs> it'll, it, you know, people got to see Shiv taken down a, a peg and that it'll be interesting as hard as I'm sure that was, uh, for her character, it yeah. gave her so much great stuff to play. Yeah. Uh, she says they have not, they've, they've filmed a lot of various episodes, but they've not completed one episode yet because that's how much they shoot out of order. Um, she did give me one little, well, she gave me, uh, tried to give me a few little teases, but one thing she did say was that the very first scene she shot for season four is the very first scene between Shiv and Tom together. <gasps> um, so, I just I I, I cannot oh, wait, and I know it's going to be months wait. from now, but I know, uh, I know that's all right. That's all right. We will get by. Fortunately, we're going to get to see a lot of Succession content come up again over the next uh, six weeks or so as Emmy season continues, and we're going to get to see plenty of footage of the show at the Emmys because they'll hopefully play snippets of all of these nominees because um, there are so many of them <laughs> uh, from Succession. Mm -hmm. They got the most of any series, twenty five total, and a lot of that is because the actors 
members. There are several of them, uh, a few of them in um, each of the acting categories, which means, of course, they're not going to do a full sweep and win all 25. But do you think Succession has a chance, though, generally speaking, of doing a sweep or will one of the other S titled shows swoop in those being Squid Game and Severance? (laughs) I mean, I think if we're talking about the drama series category on its own, I do think that uh, Succession does have the edge and is likely, as of this moment, mm-hmm. the the one to beat. Uh, like you said, it got the most nominations, uh, and I do think that there are enough other categories where they can honor squid game and they can honor uh, the other series and spread out some of the love. But I think when you come to the, to the big kahuna in terms of outstanding drama series, it's going to be really hard to beat looking back on that finale, which was really an incredible episode. I think voters are, you know, going to pretty easily want to want to vote for this for drama. Yeah, agree. And, and by the way, here are the rest of the uh, nominees in that category for everyone. Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, uh, Yellow Jackets, also Stranger Things, in addition to Severance, Squid Game and Succession. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think Succession, I, I think this is theirs to lose. Uh, totally mm-hmm. agree with you. Squid Game is going to pick up uh, wins in other categories for sure. I think especially directing because the director submitted uh, Red Light, Green Light or green light, oh, red light. Um, I'm already traumatized thinking I, about it. Yeah, but I, I mean, <laughs> I understand why that's the submission, and I cannot think of another episode of TV this year from a directing point of view uh, that did what that episode did. Um, and that it was all, like, those were all practical, you know, 400 plus yeah. actors filming that scene. Um, it's it's really impressive. I think uh, Succession, though, I, I think we'll see repeat wins here for writing for that series as well. Sure. Um, so good. Uh, lead actor in a drama series. Uh, let me run through that category. Jason Bateman from Ozark, Brian Cox from Succession, Jeremy Strong from Succession, Lee Jung-jae from Squid Game, Bob Odenkirk of Better Call Saul, and Adam Scott of Severance. Jeremy Strong won this one last year. Um, right now, if we're looking at you know odds and predictions, a lot of people have this kind of a two-man race between Brian Cox and Lee Jung-jae. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Where, where do you land? Uh, I mean, in my heart, <laughs> right? I want it to be Bob Odenkirk because well, uh, you know he is so good and has really yeah. given one of the best you know TV performances of the last decade uh-huh. uh, over the last seven several seasons of Better Call Saul. That said, I believe. I think this is one way that I think Succession is going to take drama and I think Lee Jung-jae is going to take uh, lead oh. actor. I, I give him the slight edge simply because they're going to want to give that show a big uh. award mm. and I don't think it's going to get drama. Again, who knows? Mm-hmm. They could surprise us, but I do think yeah. one of the, you know, this is the, the, the lead category in, in, uh, in yeah. acting and I, mm-hmm. for drama. So I feel like they're going to want to reward him. And he was great. I mean, not to take anything oh like he so absolutely, yeah. he balanced humor and horror and mm-hmm. heart and, and just it, so many things that he had to do in that role. Uh, so I feel like he's going to take it. That's my vote as of now. Okay. See, you may have just convinced me. I, I, I love Brian Cox so much in Succession. Mm-hmm. I think he is such a master of unpredictability, which makes the series all the more exciting to watch, especially scenes that he is in. But, you know, okay, you may be right. And and look, what you said is really important because, um, and, and we know there are voters listening, that is something that voters actually do think about. There's, It's not always just like, oh, yep, this is best actor. They, they do think about like, well, we want to make sure that we can spread the love if possible. Right. Because they can't they can't give the, the you know the best drama award to everything. So if right. they have to make right. the hard choice of say, okay, we're gonna give it to succession, but we're gonna give Squid Game yeah. you know, a really top honor as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so in those regards, hmm. 
Maybe I don't yeah. disagree with you there. Yeah. Let's talk about lead actress in a drama where there are no Squid Game uh, stars, by the way. But we have from Killing Eve, both Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh. From Ozark, Laura Linney. Melanie Linsky from Yellow Jackets. Reese Witherspoon, not Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> from The Morning Show. <laughs> and Zendaya from Euphoria. I'm sorry. Oh I have to. God. I mean, look, I like Reese Witherspoon. And she, what I. What was that? But I. What? Of the. Of the. Lead actresses on that show, that's not who I would have picked to get that nomination. Look, I, she is great. She deserves, you know, yeah. all the success she has. But, like, this role is not top-tier Reese Witherspoon. I really think the only reason, okay, and 7,000-month-old spoiler alert, I really think the <laughs> only reason that they gave it to her is because her character revealed herself yes. to either be bisexual or a lesbian. And yes. so she entered into a relationship with another woman. And I still think there are some, like, there's that real old fashioned no notion of like, Oh, it's brave, you know? And right. I, that's all I can think of maybe, or maybe they were just happy that she went back to blonde. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Re but rewarding her for a wise hair. Choice. I just, yeah, I truly can't understand it. No. Um, and, and, and I love that show, but it, it should not it should not be in the Emmy mix. I'm sorry. No, it's, no. It's I a, mean, Jennifer Aniston had some. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Aniston had some truly dramatic material this season yes. with, I mean, that trip to Italy dealing with Steve Carell's character and then uh, another seven month old spoiler alert, his death and how she <laughs> dealt with that. And then she um, she single handedly brought COVID from Italy to the United States. Yep. I'm, nice I'm blaming job. her. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she, you know, she had to deal with that. Uh, they They really put her character through the ringer in season two. And I thought she handled it really well. Um, but yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so we know the morning show is not going to win this category. Um, here's right. where it gets interesting. I, I, I don't, I think we can also eliminate the killing Eve actresses as great as they mm -hmm. are. And Jody has won this category before Sandra. Oh, is long overdue for an Emmy. Um, I think she's going to get hers very, hopefully very soon. So that leaves Laura Lenny, Melanie Linsky and Zendaya. Zendaya also a previous winner in this category to two years ago. Do you think, though, this is going to be a Melanie Linsky win or a Laura Linney for multiple seasons of Ozark finally win? Or does Zendaya repeat? I feel like the, re you know, people love Laura Linney. Obviously, she's been nominated a zillion times in this category. Mm -hmm. And uh, they obviously do love Zendaya as well. I think given that the final chunk of Ozark episodes had, you know, less than overwhelming critical accolades uh, mm -hmm. and Melanie Linsky is such a standout and was from the beginning uh, since that show dropped, people uh, really have been raving about her and she's a really well known and beloved character actress who has been working for decades. Yeah. I want to give her the edge also yeah. just because, you know, her acceptance speech would be amazing. She's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Um, I feel like she has the momentum now, although yeah, if it's not Melanie, it's going to be Laura, I think, but I really mm. feel like Melanie has the, has the edge. Mm. Yeah, I think Melanie has the edge too. I feel like if she doesn't, Zendaya will. Uh, That's not true, because yeah. Laura's not deserving. I just think there might be uh, a little bit of voter um, safety there. Um, that they know yeah. she did some some really great work. Granted, the first half of second season was not all that much about Zendaya, um, but right. she had a really standout episode. That just uh, it's an episode I cannot stop thinking about uh, of mm -hmm. Euphoria. So I understand why um, that might be the one that that puts her over the top for sure. Um, and let's zoom through these uh, supporting categories here. Here is where we get a lot of uh, Squid Game actors, but uh, supporting actress in a drama series from Severance, Patricia Arquette. We have two-time former winner in this category, Julia Garner from Ozark. From Squid Game, Jung Ho Yun. From Yellow Jackets, Christina Ricci. From Succession, Sarah Snook, of course, and Jay Smith Cameron. From Euphoria, Sydney Sweeney. And from Better Call Saul, finally in this category, Ray Seahorn, um, who I know right away your answer to this, who should win. <laughs> Do you think she will win? I am... Not allowing any 
sort of contemplation in my mind other than she is the front runner and will win. It is, it is, I don't want to put We're anything else. We're talking about Ray Seahorn, by the way. Ray Seahorn. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not putting anything else into, out into the universe mm-hmm. uh, other than she finally was nominated and she has given, you know, truly a, an astounding performance over the last several seasons. Uh, the f- finale uh, airs on August 15th and that's mm-hmm. uh Ding, ding, right, right as, in the middle of voting. Right as <laughs> Emmy voting begins. So I feel like all the stars are aligning and yeah. there's simply nothing else to discuss other than she will uh, have her long overdue Emmy. Hmm. All right. Uh, I mean, I, I love this manifestation. I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable at all. Um, for me, I think it's a, a three-woman race here, Racy Horn, Sarah Snook, and Julia Garner, um, yeah. who Julia is just so wildly talented, um, even though she's also nominated for Inventing Anna. Uh, not a great series, but she um, <laughs> was great in there. Uh, I, I Honestly, I don't know I've, that I've seen her do anything bad uh, yet. No, she's, she's very young, um, and she might be playing Madonna. No one is confirming that in the Madonna bio, the Madonna oh biopic. I, on, I mean, honestly, I can. It makes complete sense to me. Um, I, I'm like really hoping that happens for her. But yeah, for me, it's a three woman race here. Uh, and I would not be disappointed if any three of them win. Truly, this category, there's nobody here that you look at and say like, really, that person? Yeah. So yeah. it's whoever wins, you know, it's somebody who gave a great performance. It's yeah. just, I hate the idea of Ray Seahorn not being acknowledged. She no mm-hmm. longer, she doesn't have another chance after this. And, you know, Julia Garner as well. It's the final season. Um, right. Well, she's won oh, in that, that point, category. Though, better, better Call Saul, second half of Better Call Saul, they get one more shot next oh, year. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they'll get one more shot for that part B of this season or whatever you want to call it. Excellent. So, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, it's not, it's, uh, that yeah, actually it's makes totally me feel better. Yeah. And you know, and the thing with, I, I was saying, first part of, first half of season two of Euphoria did not include very much Zendaya. Uh, that's because it was all about Sydney Sweeney, um, yeah. who just really commanded the scene. And, uh, you know, speaking of characters uh, who kind of got run through the ringer like Jennifer Aniston <laughs> on uh, the morning show that was Sydney Sweeney on euphoria. And she just really met the challenge of all of that material. Um, I think she's just a shining star going to do huge things. Um, all right. Outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. We have a few here, a couple from Succession, Nicholas Braun, Kieran Culkin, and Matthew McFadden from The Morning Show, a uh, former winner, Billy Crudup, and uh, from Squid Game, Park Hae-Soo, and Oh Young-Soo, and from Severance, John Turturro, and Christopher Walken. So four shows making up that category. Um, I feel like it's going to be one of the Succession guys. Where are you landing? I, it has to be a showdown between Tom Wamsgans and and Roman. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I agree. think that it's if they don't split the vote, it goes to Matthew McFadden. He was, you know, his triumph, his duplicitous triumph at the mm. end of that season yeah. had people just losing their minds, and mm-hmm. and his whole arc where he thought he was going to prison and trying to yeah. acclimate him, his appetite to prison food, just. <laughs> The, the levels of sort of melancholy despair that yet uh-huh. always so contained uh, mm-hmm. in that in that very uh, put together package, just excellent. Um, but if, you know, remember, I believe it was in 2020 when all the succession guys split the vote and Billy Crudup walked away with the yep. <laughs> Yeah. And by the way, he's great on he's on so Morning good. Show. Yeah. He is the one actor on the Morning Show who has gotten the tone of that uh-huh. show, or what the tone should have been from the very beginning, yeah. which is you know Freeway to Crazy Town. So um, <laughs> he's excellent, and you know would be happy to see him uh, win. But I I feel like it's a succession uh, actors year, and I'm giving the edge to to McFadden. Mm, all right. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to agree with you there. OK, uh, before we go to a quick break, uh, I, I want to ask also because uh, we do have Lizzo on her uh, yes. reality competition, reality series. Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls on Amazon Prime Video got six nominations for its very first season. It, by the way, is the first time in 16 years that a freshman series got nominated in the main uh, category, Outstanding uh, Competition, Reality Competition Series. What do you think that says about 
the power of Lizzo and what her show represents. I think it, you know, is largely due to the fact that Lizzo is such uh, a well-liked and, you know, respected figure, not just in music, but in, you know, everything she does. And the voters, I think, have been dying for something new that they could feel good about, you know, because mm-hmm. there have been plenty of new competition series, but most of them would probably be viewed by the uh, voting body as, you know, s- trashy or yeah, as a guilty pleasure yeah. um, and or just uh, just another cooking show, you know, but this is something where <laughs> they felt I like cooking shows. I know, but like it doesn't <laughs> feel exciting to them. So just go I ahead know. and nominate Top yeah. Chef. But uh, <laughs> I think this, you know, competition series about, you know, finding her dancers, uh, it has not only her personality and her presence, which is so delightful, but also, you know, it's, it's a new idea. It's an, it's an, it's an important conversation and she's just a freaking hoot. So why not? Oh, she is a hoot. You wait, you guys. Um, all right. Uh, so all of that said, coming up, Sarah Snook, uh, man, she had some real WTF moments at the end of uh, season three of Succession. I break down some of those moments with her right after this break. Don't go anywhere. The awardist will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. In season three of Succession, Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv, basically took one and stabbed it right through her husband Tom's heart. If you know what I'm talking about there in those uh, final two episodes, it was so painful to watch. Um, But she breaks down that moment and uh, a couple others. You don't want to miss this entire interview. So stick with us right now, Sarah Snook. Sarah Snook, welcome to The Awardist. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? I am doing really well. I'm so excited to have you here for, for so many reasons. Uh, the Succession is just one of those shows. Um, I, I don't know. Well, let me ask this. Do you watch the show or are you just too like in it to watch? Oh, no, I, I, I definitely watch the show. I we It comes out so long after we finish as well in some ways. So like, I feel this in, in, in a lot of ways. And also like... <laughs> You don't get to be on set when right. Matthew and Nick are doing their bit or yeah. Jay and Karen. And that's the, those are the fun bits. Like I want to see all the work that everybody else <laughs> Right, right. Exactly. So, so knowing that you do watch the episodes, was there like anything else within the season that really gave you like a moment of pause? Like you sat there and were just like surprised by what you were watching? This is maybe like, this is kind of a, not a great answer because, but it's, I guess, uh, <laughs> surprising for myself when I, cause I obviously know succession. I uh, was there when we were shooting it, but weirdly when we, cause I, I didn't know how they were going to edit the end of um, episode nine. And when we cut to black, when Mark cuts to black on, on Shiv, even though I know what she's thinking, I should be the most sort of in, in, <laughs> intimately knowledgeable about this moment. The point, the way that they, he struck, he edited it and the when they cut to black and then the music, that I really genuinely gasped of like, oh, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a way for you to find out. <laughs> oh, I wish. If only I had some sort of contact that I could ask. Oh, yeah. like. In terms of a gasp moment, I was genuinely surprised that I had a gasp moment because I shouldn't have had that when I know what I was. I knew what was going to happen anyway. But I, yeah, it's I guess testament to the creators on the show that you know can still create that tension. Mm. I guess my point of of why I was asking was because you know the show is so rich with so many. uh, I I mean, the storylines first of all, but these characters are just some of the most fascinating people I've ever seen put on television. So uh, congratulations to you for getting to be part of that because it's just a, I, 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 is a, a wild ride, a fair assessment on your part? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, no, I feel so fortunate to be, to be able to play with all these amazing people uh, because I get creatively challenged as, mm. as well as the support to reach those challenges. And Jay described it just recently as, um, as, 
kind of like being on a rodeo or like being in a rodeo. You just got to like stay on the horse because it's going everywhere. Mm. <laughs> You're like, that's quite an accurate description because, because, you know, the riding, it, it goes at a clip and, and the cameras is, you know, often two or three at least cameras on set trying to capture mm-hmm us uh throughout the scene and so if you're not speaking you better have an opinion on what's happening because definitely a camera is swinging to you uh yeah and sometimes those opinions are just with a flick of an eye or a you know the eyebrow or the lips or whatever and that's what i love you know there are some shows and i hate i hate even admitting this but there are some shows you can consume and you don't always have to have your eyes on the screen Succession yeah. is not one of those. You have to watch specifically for that, for facial reactions, because they're, first of all, it's some incredibly funny, but others tell so much of the story too. Yeah. Friends of mine who are, who are fans of the show have said that they, they're they constantly doing the like 10 seconds back, 10 seconds back. <laughs> did I catch that? Is that, what they exactly, is that exactly what they said? I can't believe they did say that. That is what they said. Oh my God. Yeah. like the yep. look as they said it all. And as I understand it, you guys... I don't know if it's no rehearsal, but very little rehearsal. Is that right? Yeah. So how does that, I mean, how, how does that, uh, do you feel like works to your advantage with a show and a set like this? Yeah. I mean, it, little rehearsal, it, it depends. Sometimes the scene does require rehearsal and, and uh, there may be more difficult technical aspects and the camera people mm-hmm. and, and sound, they all need to know where the actors are going to go or where the camera needs to be. And, but then the times that we don't rehearse or we just do like a brief director's rehearsal and, and kind of plot out the vague generalization of where we're going to be. I don't know. It, 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 it allows for a lot of spontaneity and, and, and there, you know, there is improv in the show. Obviously we skip, mm-hmm. stick to the script a lot of the time because it is you know, quite an extraordinary script. We, we, you know, you can't really mm-hmm. uh, improve on those. Yeah. But uh, what it does allow is like, there's a freedom of, I guess, fluidity or, or mm-hmm. um, flexibility where you, you're allowed to move around the space as if it's real because mm-hmm. there's not a static kind of camera work going on. That we, it, does, it is going to move with you. So we can, yeah. yeah, improvise our movements, I guess, more. Does that make it feel a little more like theater to you? Yeah, definitely. And also more like real life, I guess, because <laughs> you're not Fair. performing yeah. with a camera, <laughs> you know? Like, and also, in a in an excellent kind of way, the people who are operating they become part of the scene. They're, they're part of the furniture. They're part of. They're another actor. Mm. They're another character. They're sort of there, and you can you can feel them in the dance. And I, it's it's really special. So yeah, it becomes like theater because of that. Mm. Yeah, um, I know you've uh, you've done a bit of, of stage work. Uh, you've done some Shakespeare. A lot of people have compared this show to being very Shakespeare-like. Was that evident to you when you were auditioning and you got your first script, or is that something that kind of revealed itself a little later? I think revealed itself a little later. The the Shakespearean elements, you know, in the in the setup really are quite. King Lear, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. uh, an aging patriarch and and monarch uh, who will get his throne. <laughs> um, so those setups, you know, very Shakespearean, but um, not in the pilot did I did I capture that for sure. Mm. But uh, and, but you know, there's like a there's a heightened kind of quality to the language as well, even though we're talking such gutter trash a lot of the time. Like there's so much swearing, <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> There's so many insults and, and horrible things said. It is kind of Shakespearean as well. Like the, yeah. the words that they would have been using back then and the creative ways of insulting people. That That is, there's a similarity, I think, there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of horrible things that are said to people. Whew, okay. Season <laughs> three, which of course is what we're talking about. Uh, I do believe it was penultimate episode. Uh, Chianti sure. Well, first it was the scene between Shiv and her mom, and then between Shiv and Tom, when basically mom says, good thing you didn't have kids because you're not cut out for this. Oh, oh, it's like... Well, and what's wild is that that entire scene to me, I've watched it so many times, is that it's also even said with like a smile on the face, or there's just deep pleasure in what she is saying to Shiv. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, but there's also kind of a uh, – she's trying to build a kinship or something yeah. with her daughter. Like, 
you and I are the same, daughter. I wasn't cut out for being a mother either, which is like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you do. And it, it is a, it is a nice thing that she's saying in a way, like, I know I fucked up. I know that I made a mistake. I know that I didn't yep. do right by you, but also you're just as bad as me is not the, mm-hmm. you know, end of the sentence that she wants to hear that. <laughs> um, but then framing, like, you know, she was 12, but framing it as like, you shouldn't have children because you're probably going to be as bad as I am. It's like, I mean, I do love how Shiv reacts to that, which is just oh. competitive. It's like, you know what? I'll, no, I will prove to you. We, uh-huh. I can and will be a better mother. What uh, aspects of herself and qualities that she thinks are maternal, I don't know, in challenge to her own <laughs> qualities, but it's got a long way to go. Uh, yeah, well, mom pushed some buttons, and uh, whether Shiv really wants to go there or not, I, I, that's what I think is going to be the great joy of uh, watching as we get into season four, um, which mm. I will ver- ask you very little about because I know you can't say anything, but uh, except to say you are filming right now, correct? Filming now, yeah. Yeah. Do you, does that mean like when we're done, you have lines to go learn for tomorrow? Uh, yes. <laughs> ah, all right. All right. How many episodes yeah. are you already in too? We haven't completed an episode yet, but we've- Oh, two thirds very of- early. Yeah, two-thirds of one, two-thirds of two, beginning ah, of four or three. Got it, got it, right, because you do film so much out of order. Yeah. Yeah, well, and in those regards, because of how much you film out of order, you know, there's such a, uh, I mean, I've heard people say like, oh, the show is like, it's such a chess game. And I refer to it to other people as like, yeah, but I, more than that, I feel like I'm uh, watching a poker game because... These characters, these players, they don't want anyone to see their hands. They don't know what they're holding. They don't, you know, they're they have their poker faces until they don't have their poker faces. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes they're great at, but then other times when uh, you know when the expressions are on the line. But though, yeah. I guess here's my question because we were talking about expressions. Sometimes though, those do you feel like those expressions are more for us watching versus the others who are there? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I would hope that something that really interests me, I guess, about acting, and you get this a lot in theatre um, and in film, sure, but there are there, there we have different masks and different faces. We have like private and public faces, and mm. there's a really good benefit, I guess, of shooting in the way that we do, which is very fluid. Camera can pick you up at any point you know that a camera could probably see your private face that you wouldn't be showing to anybody. And then when you turn around your public face that you would be. So there's there's an ability to switch between the two. I think Mm -hmm. all these characters are very good about having a a mask up and having something curated for the person opposite in order to get what they want. And that doesn't always succeed. And that's where like the interesting bits happen, I guess, (laughs) where they, Mm -hmm. they fail and they can't help just being themselves flawed and, and in all their glory. But yeah, it's a lot of fun to play. Well, I mean, yeah, they give you, I mean, it just it seems like just such a wild, fun playground. Um, I Also, uh, I started to move on, but I have to back up. Uh, also in that episode eight, after mom says that, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. Then we have the entire scene with Shiv and Tom where she yeah. just says, whoo, uh, <laughs> the worst things. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Here's what's funny is that as an audience member, I've kind of felt the whole time. It's like, I don't really, I'm not sure she loves him, but then she says it, but then she's like, "Mm, no, that was just foreplay. I was just trying to like get you turned on, whatever. Um, Like, where do you, the actor, like, where do you align in all that? Have you felt like for the three seasons that like, where, how did she actually feel about him? Yeah. I mean, I, that's one of the questions I get asked a lot uh whether ship loves tom or what's what's going on there and i i think she she does but it's it's mm-hmm. the thing that she can't possibly uh relinquish into that is the barrier to and the thing that probably tom finds fascinating and interesting and maybe loves her for as well in that she really struggles to be vulnerable but there's it is there it's the same in which in logan for logan you know for brian he always says oh he loves his children does he like <laughs> right right what is that definition of love yeah. yeah exactly and he he truly believes that and i think 
Shiv is, is similar in having grown up in a household that it is questionable whether he does love his children. That shouldn't be mm-hmm. a question in the household, in the family at all. Um, I think she has grown up finding expressions of love difficult to deal with and fa- found ways to get around them and ways to compartmentalise and ways to not have to be vulnerable and avoid all those. I think the worst thing, like she said, Stan, really, is that the in the scene after that night where he's like, you know, we had some spicy pillow after talk. After he confronts her, yeah, after he brings it up, yeah. And she says, after all of that, she's, still, she's like, oh, you can't blame me for things that were said in the bedroom after saying that we can, we can talk freely. And then goes on to say... Um, you know, I don't. I may not love love you, but I do love you. It's like, well, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is it? But I think, which for me, I think was one of the hardest lines to play because it is like, what well, Jesse Mark? Which one is it? Is it is it she uh-huh. does or doesn't? And yeah. I think it's both. I think it's she has such an inability to to deal with what vulnerability means to be in love and and to to mm-hmm. be in a sort of a position or a space of weakness inverted commas or uh vulnerability and rawness mm-hmm. and then can't not can't give him up either you know like mm-hmm. he does mm-hmm. need him he does love him yeah yeah so but i guess that's what's interesting what you're saying is i mean obviously you're getting you're getting asked that and you know it's something you've kind of lived with for, for three seasons but not until that moment had shiv really had to uh, confront it or do something with it or verbalize it, um, you know, to really go there and say it. So then mm. once, I mean, when you got that script, was that a, like, w- was that immediately for you? Uh, you know, that, well, I guess there's so much in that entire episode, but specifically that stuff that you were, I, I don't know if fear is, is the right word, but it was, one, was it one of those scenes that like, you were like, okay, today's the day we've got to film this one. Yeah, there, there definitely was, yeah. um, some it was more fear actually in the scene where she's like we should have a baby because it's so mm. uh front foot driven by Shiv in yeah. this kind of wildness and and an unrestrained um competitiveness really with her like mm-hmm. which which you can't let on that it is going to be that it is competitiveness with her mom mm-hmm. because it has to live in the space of no, I want to have a kid because we spoke about that and I want to, uh, you know, be spicy in the bedroom now because that sort of relates to that. But I think the the scene that um, one that I had the most dread about but then also uh, illuminated their relationship to me most was was actually in season two when they were on the beach and and he says that really simple line of um, maybe the, the pain I feel when I'm with you will be, more than the pain I would feel without you. And that yeah. I think is like yeah. the con- confrontation of, of knowing that he could leave is too much. I think that's when I realized that, oh, actually Shiv needs him and loves him really mm-hmm. like in her way. It's not, yep. it's not the classic rom-com way, but no. in her way she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no calm in that love at all. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but it is in some ways, a lot of the ways. Well, like, it's, right. It's quite funny. Like it's, it's uh, both Matthew and I really struggle with how cruel they are to each other and the things that uh-huh. they say to each other. We struggle not to laugh half the time because <laughs> guess who would say that? Right. Right, right. Yeah. So the tragedy through comedy here is, uh, it's alive and well. That (laughs) that is for sure. Were there any other scenes that you think of, uh, like on the flip side of what was really tough for you uh, in episode eight, um, but any scenes in in season three that you were just like, oh, I cannot wait until we film this? I I loved, loved doing the scene with Jay. I mean, that was in episode eight, the scene where she confronts him about the dick pic. Love doing. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, poor Shiv. By the end of the season, she has now seen her brother's penis. So I know it's just so confronting. One of my favorite <laughs> scenes to shoot, though, was was when she talks when Shiv talks to Logan about you know just post post dick pic revelation. Oh yeah, when they walk into the room and yeah. Yeah, and she's trying to sort of say, "Yep, it's definitely a bit of problem." She's trying to use it as a maneuver uh-huh. to, to angle him. And so when we were shooting that, Kieran was behind the split, behind the video village, listening, watching as we were, as we were shooting it with, with Brian and I. And then uh, I would leave and call him in 
and he would take off his headphones, pass me the headphones in the corridor. I would put the headphones on, run to Video Village and watch his his part of the scene, which was really fun. Like it felt like such a such a sort of playful little kid thing to do where for his point of view he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I love this show. I get to be on it. Hang on. I can't wait to go and play. He takes the headphones off, passes them for me. And then I put the headphones on and go, oh, this is a cool TV show. I get to watch this now. And not really think about that. I was in it a moment ago. That's a lot of quick uh, turn on, turn off the character. Yeah. and the <laughs> Totally. But there's, a, you know, there's like the similarity yeah. and like the sibling way in which Kieran and I relate to each other anyway that's kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, that's funny. Oh, weird. I wish I could have seen that. You talk about that being a maneuver. You know, there are Shiv fan accounts online. There are so many like different articles, like theories on her trajectory. There's like analysis of her pantsuits and like comparisons saying that she's like how she's a weapon. Um, you're obviously very living very intimately with the character. So is, do you, it sounds like you might have an easy time of it, but I'm curious um, how you separate the, the very strong opinions people have about <laughs> the character, uh, because in some cases it's downright like hatred and dislike of her versus um, not taking that on as like hatred of you, the actress. Yeah. I mean, I kind of find it funny, you know, because it's like, it's, it exists in its own universe in a way. Like I don't engage with it. And, and if I do sort of accidentally come across it, it doesn't feel, it's like, yeah, I get Shiv. Shiv's a polarizing character. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I can defend her all I want, but like I wouldn't be friends with her. So that's like I don't feel <laughs> yeah. like, I don't feel you know protective or defensive in any kind of way because I go well yeah that's the point like she's complex and she's unlikable mm -hmm. and she's also got these amazing qualities of being able to you know her entitlement somehow has given her this strange confidence and belief that she's allowed to be in any room she's in and the sort of whip smart kind of attitude is really fun to play. But getting the getting around like the ownership of the character from 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 external influences, I guess, is it's just kind of interesting. I've never had that before. I've never. I, it would be similar to you know in a Marvel universe or something. In, like in film, mm. you get you get re repetitions of films with mm. a character. You you know how these characters relate, and we get yeah. to see them again and again. Same thing happened with like Game of Thrones. So I've never been in I've never been in episodic TV that has allowed me to play a character that public people like you know the public have have more of a connection to than I do sometimes you know because once I leave set at the end of you know episode whatever and mm -hmm. we've wrapped the season then she's yours she's not mine anymore <laughs> you know I don't mm -hmm. take her with me so yeah. you know create something and then give it away so I can't you know can't be annoyed at their opinions or anything I, I just have to I just genuinely do find it interesting and funny mm -hmm. <laughs> well I mean and look it just means you're you're doing the job right you know I, I think that's yeah you're you're bringing to life those <laughs> amazing words and uh you know because some people you know they'll watch shows and they'll tell me like oh I can't stand them and I'm like but that means the actor's doing a good job that's the whole yeah. point but, you know, often in other shows where people can't stand the characters, they stop watching. And that's not the case with Succession, which I find well, such yeah. a kind of a psychological study, I suppose. Totally. Yeah, they're, they're despicable characters, but we still root for them in some ways or feel sorrow for them and yeah. empathy for them. And, yeah, they're really acutely, finely drawn by Jesse. Yeah. Is there, uh, growing up in Australia, is there a... Uh, a show, a performance, uh, an actor, actress that you recall loving and were perhaps now looking, you know, looking back as an adult, you're like, oh, I wonder if like that's what inspired me to become an actor. Yeah. You know, I wish I could say something Australian right now, but weirdly, the first thing weirdly that comes to my head is um, Seinfeld. I watched a lot of Seinfeld growing up <laughs> and it is really strange now to be living in New York. And thinking about the 10-year-old, 11, 12-year-old me who watched Seinfeld after school every night, who who felt she totally got it. Like, she totally related. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> related <laughs> as in, whoa. In New York, you know, like, 
I don't I don't know what I it's just I, I guess that it, you know obviously testament to the show as we all know brilliant show humor is mm. transcendent and universal but mm. I, there was nothing in that show that made me go like I want to do that I just yeah. I guess I just loved I didn't know that acting could be a job really like I, mm. I, I I I knew I liked performing and telling stories and like making my friends and family laugh or or getting, you know, a kick out of the praise that you might get from like, wow, you got up and did a speech, you know, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I didn't know it could be a job until I went and studied for it. And then, then it was sort of like, well, you've been doing it all your, all your life, really, not professionally, not getting paid for it, just the joy of it. Do you want to choose to do something else or do you want to choose to continue to do this? And, yeah, you know, it was about the choice to continue, I guess, more than yeah. not. Have you met any of that cast? Uh, I met Julia once and was a little bit starstruck and, and she was wearing flip-flops. Mm -hmm. she's, just, she's the queen. She, we were at the, the HBO after party for the Emmys and I was like sort of teetering on my heels and like, oh, man, my feet are so uncomfortable. And she just lifted like the hem of her dress, which was like all the way to the ground <laughs> and lifted it and just like, oh, my goodness. That's what you do. That's the, yep. like, yeah, the baller move. You, you know. take, take a pair <laughs> in your purse. And then you, totally. yeah. But no one could be able to tell because the, the hem was all the way to the floor. It was like, uh -huh. yeah, no one's questioning whether she's two inches shorter or one inch right. shorter. It's just more yeah. comfortable. And now anytime we see you on a red carpet or at a party, if you are wearing a floor length <laughs> gown, we're going to know that you, <laughs> you, you intentionally yeah. chose that. <laughs> oh, man, heels. Ugh. I want to just throw them away half the time. Uh, I hear you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, uh, best of luck come Emmy's time. I think we have a little over a month. Um, and, and have fun filming season four. Yeah, will do. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sarah Snook, I got to say, she is just a gosh darn pleasure. So lovely and could not be less like Shiv, which is a very thrilling thing <laughs> to discover <Right. laughs> uh, when you're when you're chatting with someone, uh, you know, in, in these kinds of situations. But uh, I did not, by the way, expect her at all to say that as a 10 year old, she was completely obsessed with Seinfeld, which then makes me love her even more. It's incredible. I love that at 10 because that's not a show that's like, a, you know, very the jokes aren't very sort of ha ha funny all the time a lot of it right. is is sort of adult humor and and ironic and the idea that mm -hmm. 10 year old sarah was just lapping it up makes me uh <laughs> very happy and that she could relate to it even though she yeah. lived in australia and it's a very sort of new york, <laughs> new york. Yeah. uh centric show yeah, I think it says a lot about her. Like, it, it might say a lot about like her her soul. You know what I mean? Like, a, maybe like an old soul. <laughs> She's an old a, soul, right? As a right. kid, yeah, uh, love her so much. Uh, I also am so in love with Lizzo. That interview is coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere, you guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. All right, you guys, I've made you stick around for it. And now it's about damn time for my interview with Lizzo. Here we go. Lizzo, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Okay, uh, we got a lot of big girl stuff to talk about. But first, uh, I believe I saw um, on your social media last night, you and I may have been doing the same thing, listening to Beyonce. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> you like uh, it? Oh my God. So I love the flow. I love how it doesn't stop. It just goes. It feels like just a, a what, like a 60 minute party? I don't even know. What, like, do you have favorite tracks so far? I absolutely do. I love Cuff It. I love Virgo's Groove, uh -huh. especially. And Miss Honey, Miss Honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, it. Yeah, Cuff It, um, the ones I was like writing down as I was listening, Cuff It, Cozy, and Summer Renaissance, which just obviously has like a great nostalgic feel yes, as yes, well. Yes. Uh, I've danced to like 4 a.m. on Molly to that song that she sampled. <laughs> so it definitely had a special place in my heart. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Okay, can we uh, talk about the, uh, you, you got those Harry Styles flowers nearby? They look like they smelled amazing. <laughs> They're not nearby. Oh. Uh. But but that was that was very nice of him. Uh, I mean, you guys like kind of dominating the charts this summer. And, you know, you're, you're obviously 
quite friendly and have performed together. And if I'm not mistaken, you opened the uh, Grammys in 2020. I was there at that show. And then he opened them the next year. I feel like there's just like uh, a, like a universal groove between the two of you. Yeah, we definitely um, have a an interesting connection, a lot of parallels, and um, <laughs> more than you guys know. <laughs> oh, but um, it, it's, oh. it's he's he's a great guy, and I'm just such a huge fan of him, and I'm so proud of him. Like he's really he's really dominating. Okay, honey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, wow, wow. And now you have me so curious what you meant by more than you know. But we have a lot of other things to talk about. Um, and by the way, you, my my fellow, I don't know if uh, you guys got called this. I definitely did. I mean, we we called ourselves it in in high school. Um, uh, band geek. Uh, marching band. Wow. It was just so formative for me. I, I know you have talked about that as well for you and uh, like memories I will never forget from marching band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's band nerd for us. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are band nerds. Got it. Yep. We yeah. were, we were BGs band geeks. So yep. Uh, right, right there. Same lane with you. All right. Well, let's talk about big girls, six nominations for this show Outstanding competition program, directing, casting, cinematography, editing, sound mixing. Uh, congratulations on that. I don't know what you were like wildest dreams hoping and expecting, but how does that match up? Extremely unexpected. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, man, I've been doing music for a long time and mm -hmm. it's kind of incredible to see how far music has taken me. Um, this wasn't because I was like, let me make a TV show so I can win an Emmy. This is like, <laughs> let me, I need to find dancers. And wow, I can document this. And wow, this is making a difference. And holy shit, it's been recognized. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the order of operations with this one. And so I was just completely um, flabbergasted, if, if I could use that word, uh, mm -hmm. pardon my French. <laughs> that um, is very proper French, yes. I also feel like um, my Grammy noms, my eight Grammy noms uh, back in 2019 was uh, uh, unexpected as well. Like, I really do this shit because I, I want to and I love to do it. And I think, mm -hmm. like, it is a blessing um, and an honor to be recognized um, for doing it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned those Grammy nominations. Uh, you've had some really amazing moments in your career so far. Like where where does this show kind of rank for you? What what does it mean in the overall like list of Lizzo accomplishments? This is pretty high on the motherfucking list, man, because <laughs> I whew, I've been looking for I've been waiting for the moment that you see where I'm auditioning the girls for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I have on the little rainbow outfit with the, the yeah. little <laughs> kitten heels and the gloves. I, that was a dream that I've had since 2014. You can even see it on my Instagram. If you scroll back far enough, <laughs> you'll see first ever big girl auditions. And oh. <laughs> I had Grace Holden drive down from Duluth when I didn't know her back then and dance for me. And I said, can you twerk in the split? And you know, the rest is history. Um, mm -hmm. This has been a dream that long in the making for me. And not only, not only was I able to fulfill a dream for me, I was able to make these girls' dreams come true of not just yeah. dancing, but being stars, being television mm -hmm. stars and, and having a platform to kind of take their lives to the next level and have opportunities that weren't going to necessarily be given to them um, yeah. otherwise. Um, and then this is a three-tiered, this is a three-tiered thing, man, three-tiered cake. Uh, the way that it has impacted people, yeah. the way that it has disrupted yeah. the industry, the nomination for best casting. What a what a what a testament mm -hmm. to telling stories of big black girls, uh, big trans girls, you know, big Korean girls. And um, also just the representation that I think that this show is is given big girls like we've never seen us be the main character and also shown off for our athletic prowess. These mm -hmm. girls were working out, dancing their asses off, doing gymnastic feats, backflips yeah. and all types of shit into the splits, being beautiful, you know, being the main character. I just think that this show has done so much for me as a human being. Like I can't even begin to list the ways. Mm, love that. 
Well, I, I know, like you said, uh, this had kind of gone through, you know, different iterations. You, you knew you wanted to document it, maybe perhaps what form it was eventually going to be in. Uh, you guys weren't quite sure in the beginning, but once you really got into the meat of it, you were, okay, we know we're making a show now. Like what, um, what like surprised you, or maybe you weren't quite prepared for about the making of a television show? I didn't think it was going to be so fast. <laughs> it oh. happened. Uh. It happened really quickly. Like um, we got everything done in a month, but mind you, oh. I had to do Bonnaroo. So right. I, we kind of made it that way. We kind of um, mm-hmm. scheduled it that Accelerated way. Accelerated it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I needed to get my ass to Bonnaroo and I needed dancers ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was incredible to see what we were able to do in a month. And I'm like, man, I wonder what, what would we be able to pull off if we had more time? I mean, we got a six time Emmy nominated show in a month. So (laughs) I mean, amazing accomplishment for you. I mean, that's maybe also like for other TV producers out there listening, like, Hey, hello, Uh, (laughs) this is what can be done. Um, And then of course, I I mean, uh, Spoiler alert, maybe to anyone listening, Bonnaroo didn't happen. So you guys had to, you had to really like go with the flow, be ready to adjust, be flexible in, uh, you know, in ways that like, oh, okay, well, Bonnaroo's not happening now. We got to do something else. Were there other moments like that along the way that like, uh, I don't know if you want to call them happy accidents, uh, but you know, things that you were like, oh, we didn't plan for this, but this is great and let's go with it. You can't write that type of television. That. <laughs> <laughs> that mm. moment where Jayla's mom is like, so now I'm going to pray for you because of the tornado. And Jayla goes, the what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't write it. Uh, the tornado was a paid actor. Oh, actually, don't put that in there. <laughs> Forgive me for saying that. Um, was a background extra. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, there were definitely some moments that were extremely unexpected. I think the most famous one being me breaking down in front of the girls about rumors like the the same day that I went on Instagram live and had that breakdown. I was literally in glam to go in the room with the girls where I had the um, negligee on and, and, and I played rumors for them. That was the exact same day Mm -hmm. moment. And so when I broke down and got emotional, that wasn't scripted. It wasn't planned. I actually was just like, yo, I just need to keep it real with y'all for a second. Like, cause I, I really can't fake you know, uh, being happy when I wanted to get something off my chest. So that was one of those moments that it was just like, just, you know, speak your truth, let it off your Mm -hmm. chest. Um, I think another moment that was unexpected was Jasmine. Um, We didn't want to send anyone home first and Mm -hmm. foremost, like after the first episode where two girls had to go home literally because we just didn't have enough room in the house. Mm -hmm. And it was to the point where it was like, I had to send three girls home, but I was like, Crystal's so good. I don't want to lose her. I'm going to send her to Mm -hmm. like, all of these moments were like unexpected. I was like, just send her to rehearsals. Um, And then Jasmine going home, I think was because she's such a great dancer, but you know, at a certain point I was, you know, when I was observing her and was talking to production about her, I was like, she should probably go home and, and work on herself a little bit. You know, it was a decision Mm -hmm. that I kind of had to make, um, the day of, uh, because I just could feel it, you know? So there was a lot of things that happened. I don't, I wouldn't call them happy accidents, but those were unexpected, um, twists and turns of the show. Yeah, that moment in episode three, I very specifically wrote down when I was watching. Uh, I think my note was, this was not planned. Like, this this is just happening. This is a very organic moment right here, um, mm-hmm. which is so much more powerful, obviously, um, because, you know, with, with raw emotions there. Um, and when you guys were talking about, you know, you're, you're in the moment, you're trying to, like, reclaim power uh, from people trying to bring you down, addressing haters with the song. Here's my question about that. Do you, like, what kind of feelings do you have toward haters? Like, do you feel sad for the people who have this, like, internalized hate and jealousy that they, they feel so compelled to then try to bring other people down? Like, or do you just not even give them space in your mind? You know, I used to feel that way because um, back in the day when trolls kind of first spawned, it was from a um, self-hatred. But then they started getting clout from being trolls. And now trolls are like, you can literally be like famous for trolling and paid Mm -hmm. to troll. 
And I just stopped having any type of sympathy for them because those people are like attention seekers. So like, instead of like clapping back or giving them any of that, like, I just refuse to give them attention now because it's, it's really just a pathetic, uh, ego, uh, ego uh boost for them you know what i mean like they're really just attention seekers they're trying to get clout and i'm like okay the best thing to do is just ignore them um and just go on about my day because i'm getting paid more than them anyway yeah ain't that the truth (laughs) snap snap to that yeah um you know i i also there was something i i it was just such a quick passing comment i believe jayla said it um she made the comment uh talking about like you know trans representation it's time for people to see me too she said it's about damn time and i was like wait oh eh." oh she said that before the song was written (laughs) she did okay that's what i was gonna say was there like did did you like hear that and you're like "Hmm, there's something to that No, that was one of those like wild synchronicities. Um, we filmed the show August 2021 and I wrote about damn time, February 2022. I didn't hear I didn't put two and two together. I, <laughs> I just think that there was a lot of um, there were a lot of cool synchronicities when I watch it now. I'm like, oh, huh, interesting. It's all kind of there. Yeah. Um, you, if I'm not mistaken, a big fan of reality as well. Oh, yeah reality tv um are there are there any like moments that stick out in your mind that um i mean obviously there are the the very fun moments and and, you know great quotes and moments but ones that like in terms of now being someone who is producing a reality show that you thought back and you're like you know what that show ooh, they're doing it right there's something that i you know like learned from them that i wanted to apply here hmm i'm thinking (laughs) putting you on the spot sorry yeah no i'm thinking because um I think when it comes to me personally, mm-hmm. yeah, I I definitely love the way that Tyra Banks and RuPaul carried themselves when they when they spoke. Um, mm. There was like a there was a flourish to them that I wanted to, even though I was they everyone's homegirl and you know in the show and we, we it was a different type of relationship between me and the girls. I still wanted to have that flourish when I was presenting things like. A lot of the um, bumps where you'd see me and I'm like, and I have the piccolo and I'm like, okay, ladies, you know, those moments uh-huh. where I got to be a little campy and a little uh-huh. presentery, um, I really uh, milked it be- because of uh, presenters that I've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. I also will say there's there's things because I was a part of the editing process to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, let me just talk to the editor. And I was like, looking at her, I was like, listen, let me, can we just go through this, this, this? Um, but there was a lot of things that I wanted to make sure we didn't edit out like mm. with like uh, the choreography because there's a moment in the making the band that's always stuck out to me. It's Lorianne Gibson and the girls, and she's teaching them a move and it's a kickball change and one and two and the kickball change. Like I am not a dancer. I wasn't trained to be a dancer as a kid. I didn't know what kickball change was, but when I saw that from now on, I knew what a kickball change was. <laughs> I thought that that was so cool to show like it's the little things that you don't think are significant like oh dancers are like oh a kickball change whatever or a ball change whatever and like for me you know a voyeur of it I'm like whoa cool so to like show some of those moments of the industry um that are raw and it's like nope do it again you know, or that moment where Charity doesn't know how to get into that move during Good as Hell and Charlene runs up to show her how to get down in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Like things like that, I think were really cool to show. Yeah, important to see all that between them as well. Well, look, we know that um, reality, of course, can entertain, um, but not all reality can entertain inform, enlighten, do all of those things. And I think your show has done that. Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls is a show. Six nominations. Lizzo, congratulations on everything and appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, I could have talked to Lizzo for literally like another hour. I want to get out my um, marching band instruments and like go hit the football field with her and relive <laughs> our marching band days together. But really what what I did really love there, she's she is actually a really thoughtful person. And uh, that answer about um, reality that she loves, which of course we've talked about here, we just did earlier uh, in, in this episode about how, of course, yes, there's a lot of like, you know, guilty pleasure. Yes. Some might call it trash reality, but the the stuff that inspires her, RuPaul and Tyra Banks, and what they did to to elevate 
uh, elevate people of color to give them opportunities and just the 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 poise in their presence. Um, I just, I loved hearing that from her. Yeah, and you forget. I mean, Top Model was such a huge hit and went on for so long, but yeah. it's it's easy to forget now how. Uh, unusual and and groundbreaking it was to have these incredibly diverse casts and to have a black female host and you know the kind of thing that other shows are still struggling with um you know that show was doing uh for many years very successfully and so it makes total sense that she was inspired by that it does indeed. Well, uh, we will find out on September 12th if either Lizzo or Sarah Snook take home any Emmys. Time will tell. Uh, but voting is underway in uh, just a few short days, starting on August 12th. Uh, so make sure you are, are getting those ballots ready and, and checking out all the episodes and stuff that you need, because there's there is a lot, certainly, to check out. All right, folks, that is it for this episode of The Awardist. Kristen, thank you, as always, so much for joining me. So nice to be here. Always happy to chat with you. Yes, and I suspect we will be chatting again here very soon. (laughs) Uh, If you liked what you heard, you can follow Rate the Podcast. And please do leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. And you can also tag me at Jared Hall. We will see you right back here next week. This episode of the Awardist podcast is hosted by Jared Hall, produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio, edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.